Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Malik. And today we are talking about the show that discusses how the lives of the people who run our lives go. It is Succession. Ooh. Ooh. Um, we are so excited to talk about this because the new season is coming out so, so shortly. Um, and we have both been re-watching the show yeah. in anticipation of this last season that is going to be coming out. Steph, what do you know about Succession? Ooh. What do I, I mean, I've watched it. We are, we <laughs> have watched it, watch it and are watching it again. Yeah, so the first time we watched it through, I don't remember lots of it, as is my way. Um, but uh, rewatching it, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so, so good. stressful. <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. But like in an addictive way. Yes, it's so addictive because like as soon as as soon as you start watching it, it, you just need to know the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You really get caught up in the web. I feel absolutely, and it's gotten to the point now where. When we have plans at night, I'm like, no, I want to watch Succession. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I I very similarly have watched the show. I'm watching it again. And I, I, I as is my way, uh, watch a lot of video essays about it because <laughs> it's so detailed and so well made. Um, but I don't want to get too far into that because you know who does know a I lot about do, this? I do. I do know. It's Alessandra Vite, who is an award-winning comedic writer based in Toronto. She's written for Because News, and this hour has 22 minutes. Her performances have won awards, and her podcast, Shh, I'm Watching a Movie, was featured at Just for Laughs. You can also catch her selling butt eggs to vampires on FX's What We Do in the Shadows. Hi, Alessandra. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Welcome. Oh, thank <laughs> you excited. so much. So uh, the way uh, we, we got Alessandra is we were like, we're so excited to talk about Succession. There's got to be someone we know. It was at, me. I said. You, <laughs> and also you love, like, I feel like when we've talked to you before about things, you love big, sweeping, dramatic series. Yeah. I like, I love an HBO Sunday night, right? Hell yeah. Except ironically not Game of Thrones, which might be the <gasps> biggest Sunday night. Not that I hate it. I'm just not, I can't, I, Fantasy, it doesn't do it for me. That's fair. It's not I for feel, everyone. I feel bad saying that. In the, Why? I don't know, because I feel like you both love it <laughs> so like, much. Wow, this podcast is over. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this for free, Alessandra. Every fantasy nerd has heard that dozens okay. of times. <laughs> <laughs> if it hurt our feelings, we would be gone. <laughs> I accept it, because I'm like, I'm, like a, I'm like a rom-com nerd, I feel. And I feel like that gets a lot of disrespect as well. I feel like as soon as you're a nerd about something, you learn to build up that barrier. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely responded. I feel like I'm, I'm a fan of just TV. Would yeah. Would be like my yeah. thing. Totally. But, but, uh, but Succession is just so great. It's just so, but it's also like my hot take, I guess, would be that it's also kind of bad. Like Ooh. there's like, I have like a feeling like I'm kind of happy that it's finishing. It's yeah. Season. Yeah. I think it's moments away from jumping the shark. Yep. I think I read too many outside, you know, like things about Jeremy Strong where I was like, this guy does not have the capacity <laughs> oh, to continue this yep. show. Is he without, okay? Yeah. He's going to die oh, doing this. I think he's just fine. He's very <laughs> self-satisfied. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into Jerry, Jeremy strong which we will oh, yeah. oh it's on here and i love kendall man oh oh my god yeah. <laughs> um before we get into any of that just in case somebody is listening to this and has not heard anything about succession does not know anything about this show mm. how would you describe this show to the uninitiated it is um, a, a show about like a Rupert Murdoch-ish type family. Uh, it's also kind of like Shakespearean in the way that they lay things out. But it's also like a full like laugh out loud comedy. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, that's point of view is just really mean spirited. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how'd you get into this? What about it hooked you in? You know, I was—I don't want to be this person, but I started watching it from day one. I OG. It. I wasn't one <laughs> of those. A to the OG. Yeah, A to the OG. I wasn't. Um, I, I wasn't one of the pandemic people. I was watching it on my own, and I give most non-fantasy HBO Sunday night shows a chance is basically what it is. So I had heard about it. I, I think um, I got maybe in by like the second or third episode and I was watching it alone and I really liked it, but it is a show that does much better when you watch in a community because it is very layered and nuanced. Yes. And I'm also like a terrible, like even though I love television, I'm terrible at, at in 
not staring at my phone. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Like, I am so bad at it. Yeah. So then when my sisters got into it, I remember the entire time I was watching it, my sister Vanessa, she, like, works in New York, and it just felt like her show so much that I was trying to get her to watch it. And then by the time I was saying it, the pandemic happened, and then everyone... Everyone watched it, and here we are. Here we uh, are. I'm one of those, though. I caught it on the. I caught it at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a show that I guess really rewards talking about it because there's so to. much detail. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah, I could just say that I maybe have ADD, undiagnosed. Who knows? <laughs> so it's important that people in my life watch it to well. catch the things that you don't. Well, it's such subtext. Like the half the show is what is not said. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is, as I am also a chronic on my phone TV watcher, yeah. um, that I the first time through, I missed so much. And w- this time watching through with you, Kaya and I are talking more about like the the moments, those tense moments. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, it's the acting too, man. Like for me, because have you guys seen The Menu? No. So The Menu is written by, I think, someone who directs and writes a lot of the episodes. It's not the creator of Succession, but it's someone who's like pretty much been there since the beginning. That makes sense. There's a lot of overlap, I've heard. Feels a lot like Succession. Right. But I'm just going to say it. Like, Anya Taylor-Joy, usually very good. Not very good in the menu, according to me. And and I just think... And you watch a lot of shows. I watch a lot of shows. I I have a good thing. So my whole thought on this whole thing is like, I just think the acting gives it nuance and depth that maybe even the writing and the creating doesn't even have. Like is is my is my thought on it, especially Shiv, Shiv and Kendall, and yeah, and then you just cast like Brian Cox, and then that's that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were talking about this on the way in. Is that like Succession is one of those things that it's it is truly firing on all cylinders. Like the cinematography meets the script meets the performances meets the music. Like no part of it could go missing, and it would still be Succession. Yeah, because I remember watching the pilot and not being thrilled by it. I remember thinking like. Eh, I'm not sure. It's it's the pilot was long. I remember the pilot being like maybe it's like an hour and twenty minutes. It's like yeah. a, it's a long piece, and I was like ah, I get it. So they're shitheads. Yeah. Uh, but then when you really start to like know them and the feelings, like yeah, the, the the cinematography. I think they also really start to understand even the costuming. Like the first season, they didn't know what they were doing with Shiv. Yeah. She had long hair. Mm, totally. She was soft. There was all this stuff, and it's like no, that doesn't make any sense for how this woman's portraying the character. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think they just like they got with it, and then that was that was that. Yeah, I bet, and I love a show that's like all comprehensive like that too. And also, my favorite genre is rich New York. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, very rich happy. New York. Yeah. Uh, it is a genre, though. Yeah, like, it is. It's, it's it's part of our cultural landscape. Is yeah. New York as a character yeah. and the rich people that uh, have a, such tough lives. Yeah. I did. I think I did a blockbuster week once with Bad Dog where it was rich New rich York. Rich New York. Yeah, I love something. it. Yeah, because it's just the best. I love. I love. Oh. It. Which is why, like, I don't want. I always bring him up on podcasts when I shouldn't. It was just so heartbreaking about Woody Allen for me. Is oh, of course. He's, he's rich New York. You know, like, the king of rich New York. And like, I love rich New York because they play it like maybe they're not that rich. Like Logan wears like a like a like a baseball cap. You yeah, know? but that baseball cap's like eight hundred dollars. I was reading about that. That They're, like, there's so much detail in the show in terms of the costuming and all of the sets and everything about like thing, even the things that don't look expensive. If you know, yeah, they are so wildly expensive. expensive. Like a white T-shirt on that show costs thousands of dollars. Um, how Adrian Brody was dressed. Are you guys have you guys gone to that rewatch? Yes. Part? Yeah. Yeah. How oh, not in our rewatch, but we've seen it. The, yeah, is just a perfect encapsulation of like it, it's basically a puffy vest jacket and a white shirt and pants, and that whole outfit must be like six thousand dollars. Wild. Yeah, yeah, So wild. I like this stuff, too, because I grew up, you know, like... In rich New York? Yeah, imagine. (laughs) And now you're here in Toronto doing comedy. Yeah, it would be such a fall from grace. Um, (laughs) uh, No, I, um, I grew up reading so many fashion magazines as a kid, and I just feel like now I have such an attuned thing that when I watch TV or whatever, I'm like, yeah, fucking, I know what you're wearing. I see it. 
That's fascinating. I, I, I miss like, that stuff. I know nothing about fashion, Did so I'm you, like... I'm super hyper, hyper aware. I wish I could execute it better. Like, I feel like I like how I dress, but it's like, I know what I could be doing. have <laughs> 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 the capacity. Oh, very funny. Okay, well, on the subject of how much everything costs and how rich everybody is, the rich New York of it all, mm. I have to ask, um, because I know I've heard this, and I'm sure you have too, of people who don't really watch the show, of, like, what is so compelling? about watching a family of rich assholes. Like, why do we enjoy watching these people that in regular life we hate? Yeah. I mean, it's... I was going to say... I mean, I watch reality shows, right? Like, I'll watch Kardashians. So I'm, like, the wrong person. I think I live... I don't know if this is for everybody. I live in a world of duality. Like, I know something is... Um, not good for my brain, yet I'll take it in, in the way that we know to eat healthy, yet we eat garbage and stuff like sure. that. And it's and I think also we think if we know what they know, it makes us feel like we're on the same level. Like, oh, it's like, like oh, I, I'm smarter than what these people who have money are doing. I think that makes us feel, like, weirdly better. Um, I also just think that we are monkeys who like looking at alphas, and then that's... And that's Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, we're big monkeys. <laughs> yeah, we are big monkeys. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that is a science fact. Yeah, so it's... I mean, because... I can't tell you why I like the Kardashians. I know everything about it. I don't like anything that they stand for on every level. And even, like, in, in their interpersonal relationships, like, I find that they are raised very misogynistic. Like, misogyny is a big part. Even though they're female bosses, um, every, I see both. And I think maybe it's satisfying to my brain to, like, know that I'm smarter than something. Yep. And, and maybe that's just a pure ego watch. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and Succession has so much ego. Succession is a show. It's just ego. The show within itself, I find that I was uh, I was saying, like, I feel like it, it has such an arrogance, and it's, like, an earnest arrogance. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, something that they've put in. I think that, like, everyone involved in the show is extremely arrogant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Steph, what's compelling about it to you? Why, like... Oh, that's an interesting question. What is compelling? I mean, I think that I... I I think Alessandra really nailed it. Just like watching these people and being like, I'm smarter than all of you. I'm not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm brilliant. But you watch them try to maneuver, and because obviously you're seeing it from the outside perspective, um, you get to feel better than a bunch of rich people, which I don't get to feel in real life yeah. very often. Yeah. Yeah. They have more than me all the time. But yeah. in this instance, I'm like, I'm watching from on high. Uh, and judging you all, and I feel great. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell anyone I said that. And though. all we have, but I get it, man. <laughs> I get it because all we have down here, you know, like it's it's hard to like you know make a living. And these people who have that figured out, it's like we gotta, you know. I think it's just human nature to be like, well, at least they're fucking idiots. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they're miserable. Like <laughs> the wealth will not buy me happiness, and that's kind yes. of an interesting yeah. part yes. of it too. I think that's what gets me the most about watching shows like this and White Lotus is people like will dismiss it often as being like, oh, it's just a bunch of rich assholes. I don't want to watch those people. Yeah, I don't want to like, watch rich people problems. But the thing is that like what the thesis of the show, in my opinion, is that uh, richness doesn't buy off your humanity. Mm -hmm. In magazines, in like so many things, we're, we're given the illusion that being rich helps soften the edges of what being a human being is like. Yeah. And it isn't. It doesn't. No. Like no. being rich does not save you from your own humanness. I also, uh, that's really, yes. That's so well put. Um, but I also feel like, you know, the people who make TV that get to be on, like, Sunday night on HBO are rich. Yes. yes. So it's That's like, a good point. It's wealthy people <laughs> doing wealth. And when they try to show lives that aren't wealthy, I find it uh, pandering and exploitative. Like, like Euphoria is completely exploitation. Yes. It's like yes. these people are the, – the, I, I know what that guy is trying to capture, Sam Levinson. Like, I can see – that world that he's putting out there, and I'm like, go fuck yourself. You have no, you have no idea. reference point for this. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad's Barry Levinson. Like, you're a very successful family. Maybe you grew up near it. And it, yeah. Just, it just, yeah. You knew a kid once that had a, a poor uncle. Yeah, like, it reminds me of, like, Jonah Hill's whole thing right now when he did, like, mid-'90s and stuff like that. It's like, I know, I know that you identify with these people, but you are not that. No. And that's okay. 
That's okay. So that's why I feel like I don't feel as annoyed watching rich people because I know that it's rich people doing it as much as I feel annoyed watching other things. Yeah, like, yeah. Of, it feels weirdly authentic. Yeah, it's yeah. more authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I want to jump into the character part of it because I love talking about these individuals. They're so <laughs> fucked. Um, who is your favorite character and who is your least favorite character? I'm a Kendall girl. Kendall? Yeah, from the beginning. I like that actor. I mean, like, he's a maniac. And Kendall's um, the old, uh, not the oldest brother, but the one sort of in charge to, in theory, succeed as owner of yeah. the uh, person running this company. He's the competent older sibling. Competent in huge air quotes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with his, some uh, exceptions. <laughs> compared to the one that's running for president. And then, oh, um, Jesus. That guy's killer, eh? <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, he's on the show. Like, he's just... Frequently. Yeah, uh, and then then, what do you love about Kendall? You know, I like his, I, I think he's hot. Like, I think he's attractive. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I think, a good reason. As good I, a reason as any. Listen, listen, there's something you need to know about me, and it's that I'm very shallow. Uh, <laughs> and that if a show doesn't have attract an attractive person in it, they don't have to be, like, stereotypically attractive. But if there's someone that I can't glob onto... I find it hard to continue on. <laughs> Look, I don't disagree with you. I have to say, Shiv Roy is one of the hottest women yeah, on television right now. Yeah, of course. She's gorgeous. And I follow all those Reddit threads. People like the guy, like people have uh, Shiv and people have, actually not a lot of people think Kendall is sexy. I know me and my sister do. Um, <laughs> He's and there was a time where I did like a sad boy. Now it's like no, that's not my thing anymore. Oh, it not, isn't. No, not, I've moved on. Because Kendall is he's a sad he's boy. He's a sad boy. I'll send right to tell you. Sad. He's so <laughs> sad. Is it? He's just like a retro, uh, like a throwback to your yeah, old sad yeah, boy yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. It really reminds right. me of my like mid twenties. I would have. <laughs> he also like. I'm such a, like, an. I would almost say that I'm, like, an actor nerd, too. Like, mm. I love thespians, and I love, since I was a kid, and, and, and Jeremy Strong is just that type of actor. I just mm-hmm. immediately gravitated towards that type of person. Um, and then just as a character, like, it's weird, eh? Because, like, I feel bad for him, but I also don't feel bad for him at all. Mm. I think that he's, like, a, a loser, but, like, he's also... <laughs> he is a loser. He is objectively a loser. He's just a yeah. loser. He's, a, lo- just he's a loser who wants his dad's approval. Yeah. And everything is for that. Yeah, yeah. And he just, yeah, he just, he breaks your heart, though, and he's good. He's a good one. I also really love Brian Cox. I would say I would say Logan is a, is a close second for me. I just, I love that man. Yeah. And who do you like? I hate this character. I do you not know, like this one. I don't hate, but I don't love Rory. Is it Rory? Cal- no, or Kieran. Kieran Ro- Culkin. Kieran Culkin. Kieran. Yeah. Oh, Roman. Roman. I don't love Roman. I think that, this is going to sound so rude. I think that his performance is okay. I think that he's doing good. I know everyone loves him. I, I From the beginning, I was always like, like he just didn't do it for me and then as a character like he's a fun character but I just don't think he's like I don't know I think he's like I see what he's going for and it doesn't do it for me I mm. guess super my, fair yeah yeah that's my feelings on super on fair Roman. I if feel had, like oh go ahead oh sorry I feel like a lot of the characters are very polarizing if you don't love them and see like the internal relate to the internal thing then you probably hate them yeah maybe yeah I think I, I definitely see where Roman comes from I don't know I don't know I, I'm, a, I'm an actor person, and I just don't think uh, Kieran? Kieran? Kieran. Yeah, Kieran oh, Culkin. Yeah, all the Culkins. Oh, uh, I think Kieran, I don't think he's bad by any means. I just don't think he's this, like, revelation of a performer. Yeah. He's yeah. up against some heavyweights, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Uh, if you had to make an alliance with someone in the Roy family, who would you make an alliance with? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew this was a good question. I think... Well, there's two sides, right? Like, do I want... Long term or short term? Because mm. short term safety, obviously Logan. Mm. Like obviously he's gonna do well. But the reality is, is that like remember the first episode how he has dementia and now he just doesn't have dementia anymore. Yep. Yeah, yep. it comes and goes. <laughs> he just yeah. doesn't have it anymore. He was peeing in a closet and now it's like nothing. Yeah. Um. So short term Logan, but long term. <sighs> I don't know. Like, like, would I really want to go with Kendall, Shiv, and, and Roman? I uh, especially. You could have a Tom and a Greg if you wanted. 
Oh, of course. Maybe a Jerry. <laughs> you know what? I hate Greg. I take it back. I hate Greg. You hate Greg? I, yeah, that's why fair. Do you hate I what fucking do you hate, about hate Greg. I, from the beginning, once again, I really get colored by the actor. I think that actor thinks he's so cool for being on that show. <laughs> and I think it just bleeds right through his performance. I totally forgot. You know what? No disrespect to, to Kieran Culkin. But all disrespect to Nicholas, whatever his Braun. name is. Braun. Nicholas Braun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Braun, if you're listening. You know, some people are just going to feel that way about yeah, you. That's some okay. people are just going to feel that way. Uh, but do I love him and uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, my God. Tom. 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 Yeah. Like, I, their their chemistry is undeniable. It's, it's un- beautiful. unbelievable. God, I love that guy, too. I totally forgot. You know, you're catching me on a sleepy day. Uh, <laughs> I love all of them. I'm going to I'm gonna keep with Logan and, and, and Kendall. I'm going to do an addendum to add Tom. Amazing. <laughs> and Amazing. I'm going to say that I hate Greg. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Steph, do you want to weigh in with your your characters, Ooh, your favorite who are, characters? Who am I going to make an alliance with? I feel like it's, I know that all of them are going to fuck me. Oh, of course. They're all yes, going to screw sexy. me over. It's just how gently. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would go with Tom. Tom seems Tom? like, because he's lived a real life before, and Tom oh. is Tom is the husband of Shiv, who is one of the, the only daughter of the Roy family. Um, but he came from like a grass-fed, like, middle America. But he doesn't have influence. Doesn't he now? I don't know. Doesn't he now? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say yeah. at this particular yeah. juncture. At the beginning, he did not have influence. He had very little power, but he's in, you know, he's done a lot of stuff for that family. He has a lot of influence now, I think. Uh, uh, and it's a more subtle influence because it doesn't also come with the baggage of having grown up with Logan as a father. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of agree with you in terms of who to make an alliance with. Strictly because Tom would need me as much as I need yeah. Tom. Oh, interesting. Whereas the kids, none of them. Like, they don't need Shiv us. Shiv is one of the smartest, I think, of the siblings, but she's arrogant and she tosses people aside easily. Yeah, her yeah. pride she is too, yes. too intense. She'll, she'll bail on someone, including her own husband, at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah and also, know? yeah, they're just classic rich kids. Like, And you just totally. would never want to go into business with Mm-mm. a rich kid. What a nightmare. Yeah, whereas Tom, I mean, like, he doesn't abandon Shiv for a while. Like, in until, and this is some spoilers for the end of season three, until she proves herself to really not be trustworthy. Yeah. Like, yeah. it takes a lot for Tom to let go of Shiv, mm-hmm. or at least to betray her after she's betrayed him repeatedly over so and over and over yeah, again. Imagine getting married to someone and then being like, by the way, like, we're going to be open now. Yeah, oh the night of their God. wedding. I can't. I can't that, that Killer. Is so rude. And right before him being like, are you cheating on me? And she's like, absolutely not. That's never happening. The second they're married. Okay, so. So yes. Yes, yes. in fact, I was. like, Shiv, who is asking you to get married? Like, Nobody. I guess, I guess because Tom. The, the, they have appearance of, if you want to be successful, you have to be married. Yeah, yeah. and also there's the grandchild thing. Yes. Um, that's that's something that Logan mentions at the wedding is um, where when are you going to bring me a grand uh, grandson. Well, he's 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 bringing in another heir. Yep. Logan's on his way. Yes, he is. It's so funny with his maca powder. Oh my god, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, there's a, all of the characters are so so compelling and it's so hard to choose who would have so would have favored me. I think it's I think it, they based it they based it on a real family. I wish I had uh like definitely the Murdochs, but there was a family in Alberta. I wish I had looked this up before I came on. That was basically like the whole Kendall dynamic with the dad is very similar to this story. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that they basically the whole family turned their back on them, uh, turned their back on this guy, and he was interviewed for it. <laughs> Uh, if you guys do like I don't know fact check or whatever different <laughs> podcast, I wish this is a thing. That's why they do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So like uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, they're also interesting, and also I feel like it's also I think it's King Lear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very much King, so. King yeah, Lear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I like which, it. I also think Brian Cox has played King Lear a for sure. Times. He's so good. Oh my god. He's incredible. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, so t- we're talking about Kendall a lot. Uh, so let's talk a bit about Jeremy Strong. We've talked, we've yeah. we dropped it in. So he's a method actor, uh, and ever since uh, there was a New Yorker profile on him and on his method acting, yeah, yeah. he's been criticized a lot, particularly by Brian Cox, about his behavior on set. <laughs> so what are you, what are your thoughts about that approach? Uh, to that thank you. Well, I read I read that article. Did you did you read the article? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I listened to it. Uh, <laughs> It's a, you know, I personally think Method is so hilarious in the sense that, like, I you have kids. 
Yeah. How can you be method? And like, I guess, you know, I, there's just such a selfishness to it that I find very remarkable. And also, like, you know, days are long and you want to have a good time on set on top of doing the work. But I understand, I listen, I understand that, like, if you're committed, everyone's committed, it's very exciting. Yeah. But I also think we know that there are better ways to get in the scene than to be, like, why would you want to live in Kendall Roy's life? No. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any, I don't know. I don't know. I, my thoughts about it overall is that he is very self-satisfied. He has wanted this for a very long time. He is thirsty, thirsty, thirsty Big as time. a human being. And um, he just happens to also be talented. But there is a world where he does all this and he's also not talented. And but if, if your talent <laughs> requires you to have to live as this character to be able to emulate that, like, what, what kind of, the talent is a also, little... how many <sighs> women are method actors? Mm-hmm. It's a very good point. How, how many, many people of color are method actors? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a really good point. Yeah, oh, dear. Very interesting. It's a very yeah. specific type of guy who, you know, just is, you know, has no problem with being selfish. And that is tough for me yeah. because yeah. I have been on the receiving end of selfish men. So it's like, it's hard for me to like be like, oh, but the performance. It's and, worth it. But yeah. also, is Shiv method? No. She no. she is the best actor. Yeah. I, she's incredible. She does some like, some of the most subtle work. Yeah. With her face. Yeah. Please. Or like please. Brian Cox is a great example. Like yeah. I, I think he put it best. I was I was reading a little bit about this recently um, for fun. <laughs> and uh, he put it best when he was like delivering the character and the emotion on screen is only one part of the skill set. Yes. And it's like, yeah, what you don't think about when you're not an actor and all you see is the performance is that being able to show up on time, know your lines, hit your marks, yep. work with your co-stars, that's all part of the skill set. When I yep. went to theater school, we had a class called professional behavior. Oh, <gasps> that's, that's brilliant. Good. Yes. Thank right. God. So the woman who ran it was Diana Belshaw. I really like her. Uh, she went to uh, Yale with Meryl Streep. Wow. Yeah. And she had the exact same speaking mannerisms as Meryl Streep. That would be, that that would be very Isn't surreal. Isn't that funny? Because they were, they, taught, were, they were taught how to breathe. Um, and oh the, she, you know how Meryl Streep does that kind of like breathy thing where she goes like... Like when, if you notice this is something, this is something that Meryl Streep does, and so this is what Diana had. That uh, was very funny. So that was her whole thing. We, she was very much British because I think Yale is kind of Britishy in the way that they teach uh, their acting. So it's the outside in, whereas is method is inside out and professional behavior. She taught us how to do our taxes as actors, like with T four A's. Incredible. They taught us how to write grants. I don't remember any of that, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and they taught us about what it means to be on set, to be on time, how to read a call sheet, uh, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just think like that. To me, being an actor, because I want to be an actor so badly and I had wanted since I was a child, is it's very serious. Like, it's a job and I want to be good at that job. Yeah. And to me, that seems equally as important as giving the performance. Because at the end of the day, you know, you could get a bad edit and your performance could be shitty. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And yeah. like Brian Cox is not method and he's easily one of the best actors on the show. Yeah. I mean, this know? is the British versus the Americans. Americans really want that. They want to feel it. Like, they want to live like, their work. They want to do it. And yeah. then, you know, and then you have someone. I also don't think, <laughs> I don't know. I've studied acting. You know, I do a lot of live performances. I wouldn't say that I'm like a genius actor. I can act though. I don't think it's this big mystery. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think Shoot. it's this big mystery. I think I think the mystery is getting present and allowing yourself to feel to go in there to feel as present as you can with a stranger. That is energy work. I don't think you need to kill yourself. I don't think you need to tell your partner like I can't see you for six weeks while I go and I do blah 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 blah. I just don't think that's necessary. Yeah, for me, for me. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think this is true of almost any creative pursuit in my experience. The more you treat it like a mystery, the harder it is. Yeah. It, the more you treat it like a skill set that you can learn and break down and yeah. get parts of, yeah. the the better you get at it. Yeah, and I think that it's just, that's just, uh, you know, fucking supremacy. It's just uh, people wanting to be better than other people, and then it's like it's something that you can't have. The only thing we can't have is like that it factor that you don't know why some people yeah. go on camera and some people don't. Yeah. That is the mystery of life, and that is just what it is. But other than that, everyone can do it. Everyone can learn. 
Um, and some people will be more natural at it than others, and that's and that's it. Yeah, that's really that's I don't know. That's my feeling. I'm very more like blue collar about it. No, I agree. I think talent is used as a as a class classification to make it seem like some people are better than others. But I think talent it's gatekeeping. But I think talent is really just another word for aptitude. You know, when when Javier Bardem won Best Supporting Actor, he thanked the editor. He said, <gasps> "Amazing!" He thanked the editor because he said that you put together my performance. Yeah. Because otherwise, who knows what he's doing with that haircut and whatever? <laughs> like, truly, <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly. So you would uh, the you wouldn't um, be in the camp of uh, Jeremy Strong needs this in order to create Kendall, even though you love Kendall. No, but look at me. I love Kendall. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I guess at the same time, it's like it's not my lived experience. So I'm just only talking from my very own thing. I always found uh, that kind of stuff annoying, though. Like, I always found method. And I always found the, like, fawning over actors that were overly serious and mysterious really frustrating as it's, well. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw it in theater school. I saw, like, you know, like anybody and, like, teachers, you know, people respond to it because it's alpha moves. Totally. They're just fucking, what do you call it? They're they're rulesing us or whatever. <laughs> like they're not the rules of the game. They're like playing a game yeah. when they do stuff yeah. like that. They make themselves like, you know, this pedestal. They're on a pedestal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More praise for the people who somehow managed to turn out a good performance despite having to work with those people. Yeah, and yeah. then like also paying attention to your kids. This drives me crazy. <laughs> just don't have a partner or kids if, no. if you're going to be method. Yeah. Just don't. Don't do that to Just someone. Don't do, don't do it. Don't do it because there is someone who is working their ass off trying to pr- provide for a family uh, emotionally. And f- yeah, I'm really getting into this whole emotional labor thing. <laughs> this is a different tangent that totally. has nothing to do with anything. Steph, do you think I should become a method podcaster? <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Please yeah. don't. It's correct. to know what that entails. Oh, yeah, my. Me too. I bet there's one out there, though. There has oh, to be, sure. right? Yeah. All right, um, so we're we're coming up to the final season of Succession. I can't, yeah, what a twist! Too, what a eh? twist! We didn't so, know. So they went into this filming. Didn't we all assume? Oh, it's just the next season of it. And then they announced right at the end of it that this is going to be the final season of Succession. Which big surprise to us all. What are you anticipating or hoping for in the last season? You know, I really don't have. Okay. I'll, I have a bet. Let me pull up my notes. A app. bet. A bet. Yes. With who? With bet. We did this with the end of Game of Thrones. We did like a fantasy pool. So we should do that for Succession. Oh, Alessandra, do you want to start a fantasy pool with us about yeah, Succession? Yeah. So this is my Succession bet. So my sister thinks Greg will die. Greg oh, will die. Greg. I think yeah. Greg will take over the company. <gasps> So um, mine's... Those are very different Greg stories. Yeah, mine's proving a little bit more true than Sam's at this point. (laughs) And then I posted it on Instagram, and then these are the people that responded. So I have like seven or eight people (laughs) that are interested. Oh, yeah, your poll. I remember your poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I did a poll. So if anyone's interested in... So I'm the Greg will take over. Sam's the Greg will die. Uh, Greg was looming larger in the, uh, I think, second season when I made this bet than than in the (laughs) third season. Uh, He's still, you know, he's doing, he will, he's, I think he's definitely going to be a part of the takeover. I think that's what we're all assuming is supposed to happen, right? Yeah. You see him from the bottom and you you move to the top. But I also think that um, they maybe don't want to be that cliche. Yeah. Clean about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I also think that... What if they all just fail and all lose? Like the company ends and yeah. then they get sold piece they by sell piece, it off, yeah. and then that's that. That's probably what's going to happen. Maybe something very dis- unsatisfying. That would feel more like it is unsatisfying, but also that would make it a bit satisfying. Like if it's just like, and here's Kendall and he runs the company. Yuck. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that makes this show so special is the inability to predict it. Like at any given time, I have no fucking idea what's about to happen. That's so true, actually. And even like right up until the last moment, I didn't take in uh, what was going on with Greg and Tom. I didn't take in that they were, like, it took me a moment to be like, wait, what happened at the end? That being said, we watched it at my parents' house, and my parents are like, da 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 Not ideal conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom kept being like, oh, the colors, the colors. I'm like, yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, the um, colors are great. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that could be why as well. Um, but that was very twisty for me. But what's fun about it, too, is, like, you don't think this show even needs twists. No. But it has them. Yeah. It does, and yeah. it's fun. 
And I don't know if you feel this way. I know we talk about this sometimes. Um, you know, we're all TV lovers. And when you watch TV, it's very predictable a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. I see you drop this little hint. And then in two episodes, you're going to yeah. turn on each yeah, other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, there's the close up of this object. That means that's coming back. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it's all language. When I see a close up of something. I'm always like, I don't like, want to. Like, ah, that's know. a murder weapon. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Thanks know. so much. It but, makes me sad. But succession, <laughs> uh, to your point, like, it's. I don't get that way. I can't predict it. And that makes it so fun for me as a watcher because I just have to sit back and be on the ride. Yeah. And, you know, because I think it's character driven, not yep. story driven. Yep. So that's nice. And that's why it's good that they're ending because eventually they'll lose, like every show loses sight of its characters and gets into the story. Yep. And then that's how you get like 18 seasons in at Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other episode of this podcast that we need to get into. You guys but. definitely should. Do you know anybody who's still, like who started from the beginning yes. and is, wow. Yes, yeah. I do know several people in fact I, I that are still off, going. I fell off like season three. I fell off season like eight, uh, but I also came in season four because it was gay. Anyway, no, we that's, rewatched oh, it that's and I think we got to season like eight. No, we were into the 12th. I think. I think we were up into the tens, but it got to a point where it was, it was just too many, too many natural disasters Great. in one episode, and I copped out. <laughs> Crazy Anatomy has been on for so long that someone that I went to theater school has had a full story arc on it and died. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like he came into theater school when that show was on season three or four. Oh my, oh god. my god! And then, and then it's Doctor. I don't know what his name. His name is Giacomo in real life, but I, I don't know what his name was on the show. He was like Meredith's love interest or something. Oh my Dear gosh. lord! Can you believe how long that show? <laughs> no, I actually can't. And yes, I agree that I think like four or five seasons is is like. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Know your yeah. limit, play within it. OLG. Yeah. <laughs> OLG, <Yeah>. OLG. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the whole thing is because I think that this show has serious potential for jumping the shark. I think that the the first couple episodes, I think of the third season, I want to be sure. Yeah, the newest one. I think the newest season did not start to get interesting until the latter half. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first few episodes I was like, uh-oh, this show fucking sucks now. And I was like yeah. abandoning it. <laughs> like absolutely no allegiance. Alexander comes and goes yeah. easily. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think after the Adrian Brody episode, I was like, okay, that was a good episode. And then it, and then the season finale was like one of the best episodes, period. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. And I love a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Editing wedding. every season with a wedding is such a good idea. You need a reason everyone gets in the same room and that shit and goes down. And isn't that funny because it's Shakespeare and so they're showing that they're a comedy, not a tragedy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that funny? I'd never thought of that. That's so smart. Yeah. They're smart. Holy Dang. shit. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> All right, who do you think's going to sit on the, for lack of a better term, Iron Throne? Yeah, who's going to success? Who's going to success? Well, technically with my bet, I'm saying Greg. Okay, so he's going to run the company. Technically with my bet, but I guess, is it with, with Tom? I don't know. I don't know. I really, you know what, I'm going to throw it out there as a wild guess. I'll say Tom and Greg, but it also seems like they're leading us in that direction, so then maybe not. Yeah, it's so hard to say. Like, I think Kendall, in any other show, I'd say it's going to be Kendall, but all of this time broke him to become the man that Logan needs him to be. Oh, right. Which is a broken hull of a person who doesn't, like, he needs to shed his humanity. It's what Hillary Clinton became if she was ever allowed to be president. Uh, Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like we needed to watch Logan get broken down in order for him to be the man he wanted to be in the very first episode. Yeah. But is that this show? Is that I don't satisfying? Know it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I I mean, God, I don't know. It's so fun. It's also so so much can happen in one episode. Yeah. yeah. So we can all of these realities could exist for an episode and then they switch. Totally. I mean, like look at it, it just the whole show has these like big tentpole episodes, right? Like yeah. Bore on the Floor. Bore on the Floor. Just watch that. Fucking Bore on a Floor. Oh. Eh? That was wild. So Bore <laughs> on a Floor, if you <laughs> have not watched this, uh, we haven't spoiled too much for you. Spoiled all of it. Spoiled it all. I'm so sorry. Um, but if you've got this far and you want to learn, um, basically uh, someone has betrayed Logan at this point and he's like, cool, I'm going to figure this out by getting all of these people to sit on the floor and chase sausages. Like they strip any amount of humanity off of these people. So like nauseating. It's oh, nauseating. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. But you know, it uh, was effective. I know. Yeah. And this is my whole thing about the show being arrogant is like, um, you know, the way that you get like a few 
like people think that that's like a badass way to behave or something like that. Whoa, no, that's the wrong message. That person loves watching. I feel like it's like the the people who who watch like Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, or Breaking Bad. They're like Walter White's the yeah, or they're saying like you're watching this wrong. Yeah, you're watching this wrong. I feel like people can. I think Succession is watched wrong because I think it's greatly embraced by like the finance bros of it all. Yeah, oh, that's very disappointing. You see it and they're like, ah, I want to be that. It's like you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or at the very least, they just have respect for it or yeah. something like Ugh. that. It's the Mad Men effect. Yes, I, Mad Men too. That was I remember that being a big thing of people being like, I want to be just like Don Draper. It's yeah. like, no, you don't. Did you watch this? But the thing is, is that these people behind the scenes, they want that. Like, like the guy who created Mad Men, I read a Vanity Fair article on it, and he said that he writes the men the way they talk in the office, uh, the way that men wish they still could talk. I very yeah. And it was like, what? Because, That's your point of view. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who look at, you know, the way things are now, and they're like, we're being silenced. I want it to be back in the way where I can tell a woman to go back in the kitchen and make yeah. me a sandwich. Like, yeah, it's true. And I get, <laughs> I can understand why that seems attractive to some people, but also, yikes, yeah, man, yeah, that's that, not the world. Yeah, it seems that's... attractive to you because it benefits you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not attractive to anyone else. Yeah. No, I don't want anyone in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's the real problem. Yeah, it's like really just stay out of my kitchen. kitchen. I like to eat when I eat, how I eat. I don't need anyone telling me what to do. It's so upset. I mean, I also think that the show is clearly telegraphs that wealth is not something you should aspire to because it looks uncomfortable. Yeah. The way the show portrays wealth. Oh, that's you, interesting. Yeah, that's true. One thing we've noticed on the rewatch is that like they there's always food in the room and they never eat it. Oh. They never eat it, and if they do, they're they're called out or punished for it, or they're like it's a it's a power dynamic thing. Like so often, you'll have a full table of food, no one touches it. That's so funny. You know what show I thought did a really good job at showing that being wealthy fucking sucks what? was Gilmore Girls. Like really, I thought that like Emily and and the dad I forget the dad's name Richard's life looked awful. Yeah. Everything that they had to do with the person answering the door, with the way that she had to dress and everything do her makeup, uncomfortable. It's awful. It's Boring. It's presentational. Yeah, and it's like you can't, you can't, and when you go on vacation, you have to go on vacation a certain way. You can't just do what you want. And yeah, Succession is kind of like that too, I guess. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. They, when they go, they have to go to like London and it's like cottages and it's uncomfortable. And yeah. It's, yeah, and like, and you know, you're tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything looks too big or too beige or too ornate or too like yeah. impersonal. Like one thing that I was reading about is that they make a point not to put personal belongings in most of their houses oh. because they just move from house to house. Why do they care? Personal belongings don't matter to people that rich because they can just buy a new one. Yeah. You know what? Like, I would live like that, though. I love my <laughs> <laughs> But the only exception is Logan. You can see his stuff in the background of certain things. Like, the summer house has his, like, war medals in the background. Oh. He's the only one who has personal effects anywhere. That's Yeah, because he created it, right? Like, this yeah. is something that he came from and then these guys just had it handed to them. Yeah. It's just so unfair. It's like, you have a kid and then you're like, but I'm rich. That's, you go fuck yourself. Like, why is that the thought? Like, why why do the uber wealthy want to make their kids feel like shit about it? Yeah, it's like. You had the kid. Yeah, and you had the privilege. Like, don't get mad at this kid because they didn't grow up poor. That's, they didn't have a choice in that. It's like that, that the beginning of that movie, The Descendants, where it's like you want to have enough so that they, what it's, it's just saying it's like enough so that they do something with it, not that they do nothing. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's. That's a real thing in this show. It's really special. <laughs> All right. Um, last but not least, what's the nerdiest thing you've done in relation to this fandom? I mean, talking about it a lot on social media. <laughs> yeah. like, creating, counts, a, a, creating a bet is very nerdy. I... Um, I've done nerdier things with different fandoms, like, but with this one, I think I've been, played it pretty chill. <laughs> uh, I talk about it a lot, and I think maybe even coming on this show might be a nerdy thing to do, but I like <laughs> that's, it. That's fair. That wouldn't be the first time someone's answered that. You know, the nerdiest thing I've ever done for a fandom is I loved Fleabag season two. Like, I absolutely was destroyed by it, and I saw that Andrew Scott was in a play in London, and I went to go see him in that play, and then I waited and I met him afterwards. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's awesome. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. I, I had love my it. parents had sold their house. They gave us a little bit of money, and I was like, I go to London. <laughs> and I just like, <laughs> went and uh, had a great time. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. It. So that is so succession. I, I mean, if if Jeremy Strong was in a play, I would probably go to I'd go to New York. All right. So mm-hmm. a future uh, to be yeah. uh, nerdy thing. And Brian Cox, sure. 
<laughs> sure, anything, Brian Cox. Yeah, you Whatever. know, and if, and if fucking what's his face, Nicholas Braun is like on the Lower East Side, like making out with like six women, I'll stand there and look at. <laughs> why? Why not? Why not? Hot Kieran Culkin? No way. No, um, I don't hate Kieran. I just don't. Uh, you, you nothing uh, him. Do it for me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> oh, we didn't even get into the whole Jerry and Roman of it all. We totally like left that out. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can touch on it in hot takes, yeah. which okay, we will okay. get to in just a moment. But before we do that, um, we want to thank our sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Time to Be Heroes, a totally unofficial oral history of DC's Legend of Tomorrow by Russ Burlingame. Ross Burlingame, a reporter who wrote a book about the 2001 Josie and the Pussycats movie. Amazing. And its fandom. <laughs> Amazing. So awesome. <laughs> is back with a new project, Time to Be Heroes. Um, and it's a totally unofficial history of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, a series that is bound to be a cult classic with a fandom that's spent the year since its cancellation flying banners over Whoa. Warner Bros and putting billboards up around the world to save it which is honestly hero behavior I love Obsessed. it um, legends never, never die and neither will the legends of tomorrow fandom <laughs> so you can pre-order a copy of Russ's new book now on Kickstarter the book will feature interviews with the cast the crew and the fans of the series looking at what made it one of the weirdest and most fun superhero shows ever made and why its small fan base remains so passionate so pre-order your copy of the totally unofficial oral history of DC's Legends of Tomorrow right now on Kickstarter or head to theworstchris.com. Great Incredible name. Theworstchris.com to find your copy. And thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast episode. Thank you so much. And now we are in to the hot take section. Six, okay. Six, 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 six. I'm going to start <laughs> straight up. I know we've touched on this a bit. Uh, but Shiv's treatment of Tom is the most abusive relationship on the show. Oh, interesting. The rest are mostly hinted at, but rarely presented in brutal detail. I have to disagree. Yeah? Yeah, I have to disagree. I think that it is abusive, sure. But I think Logan is the most. Didn't he slap someone? A he's, kid. Oh, yeah, he slapped <laughs> a, number a kid. Of times. Didn't he do that thing in the, in the pilot where he paid some, they like, were going to give the kid money and then they didn't? That was That um, was Roman. Roman. Roman was like, I'm going to pay you $1 million if you can hit a home run right now. Right, right, right. And yeah. then Tom gets the kid out at home, and they rip up the check. Which, not great on Tom either. Like, no. let the kid have the million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that was Tom's as much to blame. I think totally. he would, Roman would have given it. Tom is very abusive to yes. Greg. Yes, yes. Actually, that one, in, t in terms of, like, making someone's day-to-day -day life hell would be Tom and Greg. Like he's really, really awful to Greg. Yes, and 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 annoying, and like, oh, I could, I feel how annoyed I would be if I was Greg, and there's nothing oh, you could God. say, and absolutely, and I'm often the heel of the situation, so I really feel for Greg in that way, I guess. Okay, on that subject, um, this next hot take, I'm not sure if the show is queer baiting with Tom Greg. It would be very inauthentic if no shape is given to at least Tom's one-sided attraction. If they hide behind work spouse alleg allegory, that's just queer bait. I think they're queer, queer baiting. I don't think anything's going to come from that. I don't think so either. Yeah. Also, like, here's uh, – Steph was asking this to me recently yes. is do you think they're they're gay? I, I don't think they're both gay, but I think Tom has a weird thing for Greg, and I think that there's a sexuality to it. I wonder if it's it's the humiliation – Like a humiliation king? Yeah, like, like yeah. it's not even like the person. It's that – he sees Tom. Greg reminds Tom of himself, and Tom hates himself so much. Yeah, and that Tom also loves himself so much. Yeah, like so that he. Yeah, so maybe that's where the sexuality would come yeah. in. Yeah, are we going to see these two have sex? I don't know. Think so. no. I also think the fans have put it on top of it. Like I don't think that was ever their plan. I think those two actors probably really love working with each other, yeah. and there's like a vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was ever written in the actual script. Well, I think there was that one moment in the very first episode where Greg. Uh, Tom says to Greg, would you kiss me if I told you to? And then, oh, yeah. so I think that's probably where it comes from. But in There's my... There's a few different moments where Tom but yeah. that's makes also, like direct comments like, about wanting to fuck Greg. That is, but that's that's toxic male... Yes. It's domination. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, and, but when he was asking him to join him and someone like did a fan video where they like put music on top of it, it was romantic. <laughs> yeah. Like, was romantic. Well, I mean, I think the... Something. I think it all like falls into the way the show talks about power and like it, frequently Logan will refer to business as fucking frequently right like all the time he does this so I think the way Tom behaves is like power is sexual to him 
in a yes. non-sexual way. Yeah. Like when he's when he's getting shit on, he's getting fucked. And so when he's shitting on other people, he's fucking them. Yeah. That's how it yeah. works. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is reminds me of I, I just saw Wolf of Wall Street. It's why it's top of mind. <laughs> yeah. That's, I rewatched it. <laughs> it makes sense. But there's a part at the beginning where Matthew McConaughey says, like, you have to jerk off a bunch and eventually you'll be able to jerk off to money. And that's yeah. the uh, that's the mentality. That's yeah. the it is. You it should be every, it should be your everything. If you're gonna be that rich. And you want to stay that rich, money is everything to you, and and people become indis- disposable, not indisposable. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then that's and then that's that. And then you want to fuck a pile of cash. Yeah. <laughs> They're all autosexual. That's what someone said once, and I agree. Yeah. Especially Roman, when everyone's like, "Oh, Roman's never gonna actually have sex with Jerry. It's the humiliation thing." And I was like, "Roman likes himself." Yeah. They're autosexual. Yeah. Yeah. None of them have like any conception of pleasure as a real normal thing. Oh, they're like um, Cinnabites. What are they called on us? Cinnabites? The, the, um, from Hellraiser? They don't know pain or pleasure. They oh, don't. They oh. know not the difference. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah. Pinhead, pinhead. Yeah, pinhead. they're called Cenobites. <laughs> I watched all of them at the, starting on Halloween until like up until like a couple of months ago. Hilarious. Uh, yes, they're just like pinheads. Yeah, for sure. they're, pin, they're a bunch of pinheads. <laughs> they don't know. Pin, that's my favorite joke. Is I'm always like, if they don't know the difference between pain or pleasure, why don't they just choose pleasure? Yeah, right. Like, why are, <laughs> why they why are you choosing, choosing the pain? pain? That <laughs> seems like an obvious choice. You don't know the difference. What difference is it to you? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a different version of that movie where they're just like coming in with some blankets and snacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we don't know the differences. <laughs> this is torture, yes? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Oh, my God. I get so angry. (laughs) Uh, So this one is, um, I don't understand why Marsha stays with Logan. So Marsha is Logan's wife. Current wife, yes. Uh, And vice versa. This person doesn't understand why they stay together. Money. 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 Divorce is expensive. Always money. Always money. But also power. What, like, Marsha wants to be adjacent to power. That seems really clear to me. I think if you're the type of person who's going to marry a Logan Roy, there's uh, you're not you're not getting into it for a partnership. You know? <laughs> do you think there's love there though, or do you think it's all power? I think adoration. Like, I don't why know. does Logan stay with her? He doesn't need her. Speaking of different fandoms, this, this would be a good way. We have to ask Lala Kent because this is someone who married that Randall Emmett guy from Vanderpump Rules. Oh, boy. <laughs> so Randall Emmett, you know, he is a, was really, really rich. I think, you know, when you get wooed by wealth mm. and all you're looking for, a lot of people are looking for just security. And I think that's probably enough. And then you think you have the ultimate security, but it is the most dangerous thing you could be a part of is being yeah. that close to wealth, I feel. Yeah. Because now Randall's being sued by everybody. They're like, he was Harvey Weinstein except without the influence. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He's a bad fucking guy and he's a loser and he was exploiting Bruce Willis while he had um, pre-dementia or whatever. Uh, that's gross. That's messy. Yeah, very bad, very, very bad. But so Lala would be able to answer why she was with him. The only reason why she's not with him is because he cheated on her and she's one of those people that's like scorched earth if she gets cheated yeah. on. Yeah. But if he wasn't doing anything sexual... She'd still be with him for sure. Really? For sure, for sure. Fascinating. And so people exist like this. They like to be close to power. They they like they they think they deserve a certain level of wealth that they just think they deserve it, I imagine. Yeah. They must. And they're okay with knowing or not or they're okay with being willfully ignorant of knowing how that wealth works and who is getting exploited. They don't care about any of that yeah. stuff because their safety is above all else. I yeah. have to assume. Oh, or to. oh that hurts my soul. Or they're, you know, manipulated, brainwashed. There's all sorts of, like... Yeah. Also, like, you know, you say you get divorced. Being divorced is very hard. <laughs> it's hard to get divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know. That's all right. Cool. Fascinating. The final one that I have here is, there isn't going to be a winner or loser at the end of this show, and people will hate it. I wonder if they can't do that because of Game of Thrones. Like HBO was like, you can't have another bad ending to a show that'll make fans hate the show. Yeah. Because like Game of Thrones, like I know that people like the new one, but like, you know, when everyone was doing a rewatch in the pandemic, no one was talking about Game of Thrones because yeah. everyone was like, we done. We no. got to season six and then we said, bye. Steph, yeah. You commented on this, but like that there, it, it was almost historic the way Everyone was watching Game of Thrones, and then as soon as it ended, 
No one wanted to it talk about it anymore. No it disappeared. About it. it went from one of the biggest phenomenons on earth to no one is willing to discuss it. And that Other is than story. Yeah. And the, and the people who created it, they lost their next show. They at did. HBO. Yeah. Yep. Um, Which was going to be like a Civil War, like, slave-owning era American yeah, thing. And I'm okay. like, I don't know if I wanted to see that. So, now is not the time. I, I don't need that show right now. So, yeah. so nope, boring no, 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 no. Nope. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think uh, they can't. I really do think that HBO will do everything it can to not make that happen. But I do think that that would, that would maybe be the ending. What's the ending of King Lear? He dies. And then what happens? This is this know. is our telltale. Yeah, I need to know my Shakespeare. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know the ending of King Lear. Whatever that is, it's an extrapolated version. There's just these people went into this, especially because they're ending it so soon. They must know what they want in the ending. I think so. Or if they don't, they were looking to find one that happened felt organic to them. Is the other thing that because from what I understand, the showrunner wasn't actually sure it was going to end this season when he went into the writers' room. Um, but he was, feels like he did an he, ending. I think they they figured out what this season's ending was going to be, and from what I understand of what they're saying, uh, he felt like that was that was it. Um, and mm. they're a pretty. I, I have a friend of a friend who I worked with. His friend works in the succession writing room and oh, says wow. it's meticulous. It's a meticulous writing room. They do not miss a beat. They have everything sketched out as like as specifically as possible. Oh, um, so it's not like it's it's not. Very Big, they really, really think through these things. Okay. Um, including, like, down to how they're going to shoot it. Um, and, like, so I have a feeling, even just with that little tidbit, which is, again, friend of a friend, but I have a feeling that they really thought through this ending. You know, the ending of the second season was an ending. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. good enough. If it had ended there, that's why when the third season started and it was like a little bit disappointing, I was like, oh, they could have just had a perfect two seasons. So they must have seen, they must know that that's what happened as well. Or like they, they ended the second season so gorgeously. Yeah. But then the third season had a great ending too. Yeah. So I've looked at the end of King Lear. Okay. So the end of King Lear is it's a battle for the British throne. Edmund wins the battle for the throne, but then is killed by his brother Edgar. As Edmund dies, he admits that he sent orders uh, for Lear and Cordelia to be executed. The orders are reversed, but too late, Cordelia has been killed. So no one wins. Yeah. Yeah, no one wins. No Which one's going to win. I think does kind of, it, it does make sense. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense in the same way that the Sopranos end ending may be abrupt, but it does make sense. I like the Sopranos ending. I thought the whole final season was okay, but the, the ending is good. Yeah, I agree. The final season, like... <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. No, I won't say. It just it's like it's its own thing that you're like, this is not the same as the others. Just, yeah. end, the, just end the show. But it just it can't be clean, right? It can't. It would actually feel worse if it were clean. You, it would. It wouldn't feel like the show. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we finalize, do you have any hot takes you need to get out into the world about Succession? Yeah, my my big hot take is that I'm grateful that it's ending. I think that it could have <laughs> it could have jumped the shark very easily. I was uh, I, I can't remember if I said this on air or off, but that it is a very arrogant show, and yeah. I don't think that that's uh, because they purposely wrote it in. I think everyone involved is very arrogant. They think they're doing very special, important work. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is a very good and entertaining show. Do I think that it's something we'll talk about for years to come? Maybe not. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Sometimes shows just end and then that's it. That is my hot take. I mean, maybe. I mean, remember how much we loved Six Feet Under? Who's talking about Six Feet Under now? Me. So oh, me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Kaya. Six Feet Under. I fucking love that show. Uh, never mind. I was Prove literally on the Reddit me. the other day. <laughs> Being like, when can we get this show back? Prove me wrong. What's Alan Ball doing? Huh? Where is he going? Uh, that's a very good question, what he's doing right now. I don't actually know. I think after True Blood, True he kind of dropped off yeah. a little bit. Which, I remember yeah, True for Blood. For good reason. Yeah. Fun. The show started strong. I loved the beginning. Yeah, it was oh, so totally. strong at the yeah. beginning. It was oh, so sexy. So sexy. Eric so Northman? Oh, oh, my. No, nuts Eric. to Bill. It was all Eric Northman. Yeah, it was Eric, man. Mm. I liked Lafayette. He was my favorite. Oh, I love Lafayette oh. died. Yeah, the actor. Oh, so sad. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, so oh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back for the True Blood episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Just the first two seasons. Get me on. Absolutely. And everything after that can absolutely go it away. It became like a Robert Altman movie. Oh there was God. like eight million storylines. Like, what is and how? Ridiculous. And now they're fairies, I guess. Who cares? Mega anyway. churches. But cool. maybe somebody does, and we will talk to them about it <laughs> yeah. and honor that. They watched all the seasons. That's right. Um, all right, cool. At the end of every, every episode, we'd like to share our micro-fandoms of the week, which we will do in just a moment. But before we do... 
we want to talk to you about how you can make this show get even bigger, succession level big. No, wait, no, actually, hang on, that's bad. Kaya, no, we can't <laughs> no, handle you that. Just want that. We're too weak to no, be able to handle that level of. Make it that we're too big. gentle. I want it. Okay, um, <laughs> we're we're too gentle for that. But uh, how you can help us get um, all of this positive fandom uh, love out to as many people as possible? You can reach out, or you can follow us, or send us compliments, or comments, or anything you want at Fandom Show Pod on all the social media. That's right. And if you have an idea for future episodes, or you want to catch up on past episodes, or you just want to say hi, you can visit us at thefandomshow.com. Uh, please tell all your nerdiest friends about us and please, if you can, get on your podcast provider of choice, though ideally uh, in an ideal situation, Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Uh, do a little rate, review, and subscribe. Even one sentence or one word will help us jump up in the charts. Uh, we recently charted in like Malaysia, I think it was. Thank you, Malaysia. Thank you, Malaysia. That was very, uh, I felt very honored. (laughs) Very cool. Um, But yeah, this helps us move up in the charts and helps more people uh, spread the joy of fandom. Uh, The show will also always be free, but if you like and you have a couple extra bucks that you're like, oh, it's burning a hole in my pocket and I need to give it to someone, give it to us over at Patreon. Uh, You can get us at patreon.com forward slash the fandom show. There you can find, we do our monthly nerds letter where we talk about some of the stuff that we're enjoying in the world and some of the nerdy news that exists. We also have uh, the Fan Club, which is our patron-exclusive podcast uh, where we talk about different things that we're enjoying and also tend to do a lot of BuzzFeed quizzes to see how we stack up. Yeah, it turns out we would survive the Last of Us apocalypse. Yeah, and also, I guess I'm Roman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> also... We did the succession quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Kaya's Greg, I'm Roman. Take of that what you will. Uh, yeah, let's not read too, too, too deeply into it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I love taking those quizzes. I'm like Jerry's high heels. <laughs> it's like that It's like that Sex and the City joke from 30 Rock of like, yeah, you're yeah. Samantha, I'm Charlotte, and you're the woman watching at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we're on a mission to uh, cover absolutely every subculture that, that has ever been on this show, and every dollar you put towards the Patreon helps us do that, so thank you so much. Yeah, and you'll also get our episodes uh, released a few days early, so you, if you are a patron, you get to hear this on Sunday instead of Tuesday. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Uh, Also, our theme song is by Yusu Kim, and our logo is by John Blair. All right, and now our micro-fandoms for the week, starting with you, Alessandra. What are you nerding out about this week? Well, I gave it away already. <laughs> My van- <laughs> the whole Vanderpump thing. I'm, I'm actually doing another podcast after this, uh, but also even if I wasn't. This scandal is insane. The, 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 the Tom cheating on Ariana... Uh, I started rewatching from the beginning, like the of Ariana and his relationship. It's just, it's just very special. That show's always been a uniquely entertaining reality show because uh, restaurant culture is fucked. Yeah, yes. and then you mix that with a bunch of sociopaths wanting to be famous in LA, oh. and you get never-ending cheating scandals. Dear Lord, everybody cheats on everybody. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and I also have sincere affection for Lisa Vanderpump. And when I go to Vegas, I'm going to go to her restaurant. Ooh, amazing. <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the nerdy fan thing I'm going to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Steph. Uh, so on the reality show uh, theme right now, so my most recent obsession was the show Perfect Match oh, on yes. Netflix. So Lord. I. I don't watch a ton of reality shows, but for some reason, The Circle and all of those shows, I love them. Perfect Match takes a bunch of Netflix celebrities uh, and puts them in a house where they all have to uh, try to find their perfect match from among the other Netflix celebrities. It's beautiful. I enjoyed every moment of it because they know who they are. Yeah. They don't come in thinking they're, you know, these brilliant uh, tacticians. They come in, they're like, I'm dumb and I want to have sex with people. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) And it's honestly delightful. You, you find people you love, you find people you hate. Bartista, I, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, Bartista. You're, you're awful. Um, but it's just a little fun romp. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I went back and started watching Too Hot to Handle because of it. I was gonna say, I'm not a Netflix reality fan. I liked Perfect Match. I thought it was a very well-made dating show. Yeah, it was very fun. Very well produced. The, the little, like, games they make them play are actually entertaining. Yeah. The end of it, I would say controversial. I don't Mm. think that that was the right ending and none of them are together now. The ending to all of the Netflix shows make no sense because they have no like rules. There's nothing that qualifies a winner. A winner is just kind of chosen. It's just like, oh, you're still here. You win? Yeah. It's because they're all, um, what do you call, they're secular shows, whereas like before all day 
dating shows and stuff like that were very Christian values. Oh. Yeah, like ba- Bachelor's super Christian values. Really? And Interesting. Netflix is secular, and so that's why it's kind of like, oh, well, fuck it. Let it <laughs> and I guess uh, you win. Great. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's not about that. Fascinating. Kaya, what are you nerding out about? Well, just this very morning at time of recording, I finished a book called Project Hail Mary um, by Andy Weir. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Weir. I've only read it. Um, but he's the guy who, uh, he's the author of The Martian, um, which blew up several years ago and became the movie with Matt Damon, uh, which was also really wonderful. Um, I just finished his third book, um, Project Hail Mary, and it is awesome. It's so much fun. He has this, like, talent for writing science, like, deep, really super nerdy science in a way that has so much personality that somehow it isn't boring. Like, so much of it is describing math, and yet somehow it's really entertaining. Um, And this book is, like, very, very engaging, very, very fun. Like, a really good rollicking space adventure that is just as um, Cat Angus from uh, I Hate It But I Love It often describes it, and I think described this book this way, just competent competency porn like <laughs> it's just so satisfying Ooh, you're good at stuff oh to just see people just be so good at oh, what they're doing I know this feeling. and then you're just like oh yeah do that math you can do anything with that math damn <laughs> look at you go guy and it's just so much fun to read like it, there's there's lots of good adventure stuff in there too but just like it, it's just chock full of personality and mm. i love it that's ah. so fun I know that feeling, competency porn. It's yeah. so satisfying. Oh, yeah. They're just so good at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way watching baking shows. It's like, oh, you get oh, it. You get it. 100%. <laughs> oh. Alessandra, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much. so much. Where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Oh, I'll very quickly plug. I have a monthly show at Tall Boys. It's a craft beer house in, in Toronto. Toronto, Ontario. It's the third Tuesday of every month at 8 p.m. And it's just sketch, y'all. Yeah. I host sometimes I'll do sketch it's very lovely If you, I like to brag that it was the first sketch show back from the pandemic yeah. I don't think that's true but I do but you're building a lovely community there yes, too absolutely it's, it's very nice and people really like doing it and every month I think well, people come and they do amazing <laughs> so it's, it's very fun and you could be one of those people yeah come it's really it's a good time it's I, I I've seen a lot of shows in my lifetime and I don't like a lot of shows and I think I've made a really nice show that's Perfect. awesome yeah 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 love uh, it and where can they find you on social media um, I'm mostly just an Instagram person so you can find me at at Alessandra the Vitae uh, I guess you could look at Twitter but yeah <laughs> but, but go, why? go check the succession no polls. polls there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing Alessandra thank you so much until next time love the things you love and tell everyone about them bye, bye. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.